to today's podcast. Uh, this is one of these episodes we're going to go, Eric is making a new friend. Um, Tremaine Rayford is a guy whose name I came across in a WTOL article a little, little over a month or so. Um, he has a program, kind of like a, a previous guest and visitor with the podcast, Sean Mahone, trying to uh, to help kids, get them on the right track, give them good influences in their life, and um, wait till you hear Tremaine. The first 20 minutes or so of our discussion is a little more straight to the point because that's going to be across our Cumulus radio stations Sunday morning. It uh, goes on our contact community affairs program that I host. A little bit after that, we uh, we dive into more podcast things that you're familiar with and a little discussion about Village Idiot and how they cut their pizza. Hi, Mary Bill, you. Before we bring Tremaine in here, a couple of things. Uh, I was forwarded an email and I was wondering when we were finally going to get the debut of 988, the uh, short code for the suicide hotline, which will go from, I'm awful for not knowing it, 1-800-273-TALK, um, 988, like all the other short codes, the ones we, the one we know best from being two years old, 911, 988 will, uh, will be of equal importance in these trying times that seemingly continually get worse. If you saw the the gory uh, economic numbers yesterday, how, how June was ugly with inflation, so on and so forth. Um, I was not expecting that. I thought we would see more glimmers of hope that we were past the worst of it, even though gas prices continue to come down. Um, 988 will get plenty of use. And um, I want to say it's there for you, but I also want to hope that you never have to use it. Uh, one month. Oh, I'm going to come to a money thing and then we'll bring in uh, a Friday night thing, a money thing. And then uh, we'll bring in Tremaine. If you're, uh, if you're kind of having a, a cosmic gasm, a space gasm, uh, with the super moon that we, we had great visuals of here or all the James Webb pictures that show us how little and insignificant we are here from millions and millions of miles away from things that are millions and millions of years old, just truly jaw dropping. Uh, we have a, when we use the word astronomical, uh, we think of prices, right? Well, the, there's a Toledo astronomical club and they're doing some stargazing at Beaver Preserve just outside of, uh, Grand Rapids. Friday night around nine o'clock. And as Alex has mentioned to me, maybe not here on the podcast, like where she lives in Perrysburg Township, there's a lot less light pollution and she gets to see some beautiful pieces of the cosmos. Uh, I'm sure out at this location for the the stargazing, it's even better than that. So that's nine o'clock. And I think I put that out. Oh, you can find that at ericchaseblog.wordpress.com where I have collected for you um, local news and stories of interest. This is not local um, but as you know, I uh, and you, you, I think I've explained myself well enough. Eric, why do you hop in and out of cars so much? Do I? Let me go down the list of cars: <clears throat> Neon, Focus, Tiburon, Pilot, Tiburon, another Hyundai, Mazda, the CX something, uh, Escape, t- uh, Tucson, Tucson. This is my eleventh car. Uh, in, since I've been whatever eighteen years old, I know it. My brothers had probably eight times that. So I'm in and out of cars a lot. I have gave you this. I, I lease. I don't buy. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I'll just give you the headline of the article. Lower production is driving up new cars. So this is not like semiconductor stuff, which is still, I guess, a bit of a supply thing. But lower production is driving up new car, new car prices and automakers' profits. Basically, this article is wondering if we will ever go back to the old way or if car companies will continue to produce less to keep uh, prices and profits up. And the bottom of this was kind of grisly for somebody like me who is used to, not always interested, but used to, it's just better economics for me, uh, used to getting a new vehicle every two and a half years at most. I have 11 months left on my lease. It's a 30 month lease. The bottom line the new car market has really become a luxury market. A lot of Americans are frozen out of it. I might have to change my behavior of getting in and out of cars so frequently. My behavior is changed because now I've added a, a 
great new person in the community doing wonderful things, and I would like for you to listen to them and see how you can help Tremaine Rayford and his program called The Program. Tremaine Rayford, thank you so much for taking the time to to be a part of things and and have a little discussion. I saw uh, the article a couple weeks ago Articles that we are very t- on WTOL. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, articles that we are all exasperated with reading, but sadly have become like a weekly part of things with uh, the violence that we can't seem to quell. And yeah. I know you want to be a, a plug in that hole. Um, you are the program, right? Yes, sir. Tell me I about am. that, please. Um, so uh, I, I grew up in Toledo. Um, I recall seeing my dad maybe three times before I turned eighteen. Um, I got into sex at 12. You know, I got into drugs. I think I was like 15. I, I, I fell into a coma when I was when I was 17 because I was high on drugs and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't realize what was really going on, but it was because I didn't have that moral compass of, you know, uh, a man telling, raising me and telling me like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what guys do. This is what guys don't do. You know, you want to be careful here and there. And it wasn't until I got older um, that I was like, you know, this is a, this is a pattern, you know, that that's going on in our community. I was doing ministry for youth and I was ministering them. And, and I found out that out of the five boys I had, um, four of them didn't have fathers and they were asking me questions like, Oh, my mom asked me to pump gas in the car. I didn't know what kind of gas to put in the car. I was like, what? And the other one was like, you know, Oh, I was asking him questions about being involved with women and girls and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, I have sex with girls, but I don't wear a condom because I don't never, you know, finish or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of podcast this is. So. <laughs> wait, yeah, wait, no, no foul language. We're good there. No foul language. You can keep going. Yeah. You know, and, and I was like, that's the least of words. And I was like, who's talking to you guys about this? And they're like, nobody. And long story short, I ended up forming the program so that we can talk to young fatherless men, uh, teach them life skills and social skills, and prepare them for the real life, you know? Give me a little bit more of, of your backstory. Uh, what neighborhood did you grow up in? What schools did you go to? What were some of your, some of your uh, I guess, uh, less extreme interests as a kid? Yeah, so uh, I grew partly grew up in uh, Oakfield Gardens. Um, it, this is in the 80s, so um, it, it wasn't as bad um growing up and i'm not sure how bad it is now but it did get worse while we were growing there and then my mom moved us to uh jackman and Alexis area so so i ended up growing and graduating from whitmer high school um that's where i met a lot of great people and i was exposed to a lot of um different familiarities different environments that the rest of my family didn't have the the privilege of being exposed to and i think that is what kind of like contributed to who i am today um I like to use Whitmer as an example. So I grew up in Philadelphia um, and my whole, where I grew up at, schools I went to, very integrated. Um, Seeing people with different color, skin, faces, whatever, was not unusual. It was funny. I was reading an article in The Blade today. Uh, I forget what what the the basis of the article was on, but the person called the Old South End, we're a hodgepodge of ethnicities and different people. And it was, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to denigrate that at all, but like that was me when I grew up and a great comparison, my high school was, I always used Whitmer. Like everybody looked a little bit different. Um, You had some, you had some Ottawa Hills type kids. You had some kids who, who struggled to just, you know, get shoes, but it was, it was middle-class uh, an array of kids and backgrounds, and and I thank, I'm so thankful I was able to grow up in an environment like that. Certainly. So, I didn't become a hateful adult. <laughs> um, yes. Tell me more about like once you got past high school. When was you said coma? When, when was that? What was that? That had to be a hell of, a, of an eye opening moment, bro. That was my senior year. Uh, I was at a party. And we were partying, you know, and um, drinking and smoking the whole the whole thing. Um, and the cops came. And this is January 14th. Uh, this is January 14th, 2000. So 22 years ago. Uh, and I ran to the balcony and it was on a two and a half story apartment mm-hmm. complex or apartment building. Um, and I ran to the balcony so that the cops, I'm like, January, cops ain't going to look in the balcony. I ran to the balcony, so did like three or four other people, and me and another guy went overboard, um, and I landed, and I was in a coma for, uh, for two and a half weeks. I was I was out. Um, the other guy, he broke his arm, leg, I think he broke his collarbone, 
and me and him were the two that went overboard and I had to relearn how to talk, walk, um, every therapy you can think of, occupational therapies I even never heard of, you know. <laughs> so it took a while. It took me two months to get back um, to somewhat normal and I actually graduated on time. Good. Um, was that kind of like an eye-opening inflection moment where you realized you oh, needed yeah. to change some of your behavior? Yeah, that, that was um, a, a real eye-opening moment where I kind of looked at the people that I was around and the behavior that I was participating in and I was like, this can't be my life right you know i can't i can't continue to live like this and continue to be in drugs and be in gangs and have all these sexual encounters with girl like something needs to stop you know mm-hmm. so yeah that was a, a real eye-opening moment for what'd me. you do after high school uh after high school uh, i got into construction so I, I i wanted to be a carpenter i wanted to learn how to the way I thought I was always a planner, right? So I wanted a house, but I didn't want to pay somebody 30 bucks an hour to come and hang curtain rods or something. Right. So I wanted to first learn how to handle tools and stuff like that. And then in preparation for me buying a house, and I did. <laughs> uh, so. I apologize. I go backwards quite often. These questions pop oh, into my perfect, head. man. Um, do you think, had you not had fallen on your head... Um, you ever think about the past you could have gone down like you might not even be sitting here now had that horrific instance not happened uh yeah uh, I, th- I honestly think that um, I was a pretty good wrestler so I was, I was into sports and I was a really good wrestler and my hopes was getting a scholarship wrestling and that was my ticket out you know what I'm saying right. so uh, I do think that had that accident not happened that I, w- I would definitely be somewhere else whether good or bad I don't know mm-hmm. um, but I do think that I would be definitely um, somewhere else but yeah. your behavior was trending in a bad direction with yes. the drugs and yes. the violence and everything like that yes um, let's jump ahead uh, the program tell me a little bit uh, about how it initially got started, um, who you brought on board. I know some of the things mentioned in the article. In fact, I wanted to have you uh, actually bring a tie because <laughs> I cannot tie a tie. What? And you mentioned the gasoline thing, and these are just some of the basic things that you oh, want to yeah. teach kids. So tell me about the birth of the program. Yeah, so um, after working with those five boys, I'm like, this has to be like bigger than just you know, these five boys, right? So I did some research and I I learned out, I learned that um, 40% of American families lack a father in them. I learned that 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. I learned that 90% of homelessness is fatherless homes. I I learned that 71% of dropouts, just the the, the numbers and the data is just like, wait, what, you know? Yeah. So so that kind of like pushed me into creating the program where, this can be on a large scale and we can talk about these things, right? We, we're a proactive organization where we try to um, direct traffic instead of stopping traffic, right? It's harder to stop and to say, oh, go that way. But it's easier to say, okay, veer to the left, veer to the right with these young men. You know, so um, we're a proactive organization steering young men's lives into positivity and not um, the negativity that is so just plague in our communities right. you know what i'm saying yeah um well thank you for, for doing that and I, I have a thought in my head after reading the wtol article and as we continue on here I'll, I'll throw it at you because we're all trying to come up with with remedies and we've been talking about this um uh, on the show on the podcast in my circles uh repeatedly uh, every time we think we come up with something that'll work something else springs up i mean it's just yeah. unfortunately this once in a lifetime time we're, we're living in and it made some made some of the good things better, but it made a lot of the bad things worse for so many people's personal situations. When you first started the program, um, what was the response to it? Did you have kids saying, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. I don't need to know how to tie a tie. Well, because I get it. Like we, Dude, yeah. We're about the same age, and I don't care where you grew up, whether it's Ottawa Hills, wherever you were born, yep. where I was born, we're all dumb, stubborn teenagers. And the yeah. first word out of our mouth is, I'm not doing that. Yep. So, so out of those first first five kids, I'm like, hey, man, we about to have a tie event. It's about to be dope. And, this, and they were like, what? Like, <laughs> that don't even sound sweet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why do I? No, I don't, I'm not coming. And one kid said something to me that completely changed the way that we host our events. Uh, he said, is it going to be fun? Because if it ain't going to be fun, yeah. I'm not coming. You know, and after that, I was like, 
Wow. He's right. It's got to be fun. It's got to be exciting. It's got to be inviting. It's got to be just easy to come and just fellowship and just have fun with us. So that that is like a huge portion of, of what we do. It's fun first, right? Uh, you They sit in classes all day. They get lectured all the time. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants, like, after I come home from work, I don't want to work. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, so... So and we, we, we take that aspect and we just overdo it. You know, when they come in, it's games, it's laughing, it's fun, it's inviting and stuff like that. So um, that's the way we have to do things because kids do not want to, unless unless it's already fun. Right. When yeah. We, when we go kayaking, the kids are like, oh, yeah. You know, when we go uh, laser tag, we just went laser tag last weekend. The kids are like, yeah, we went go karting the week before. You know, the kids are like, oh, yeah, this is easy. You know, stuff like that. It's easy. But it's when you have the sit down type of conversation. You have to kind of be innovative in how your approach is, and you know how you're going to have fun. What What's the engagement like? I, I, I this is why I wanted to chat with you, uh, and, and I can't know everything, although I try to. Yeah. Um, reading the article in, in WTOL, WTOL, and I think uh, there was a Malik Smith involved in there as well. He went, he was part of gang violence, and he was a kid. He's trying to do what you're doing. I had not heard of the program, nor you, and I apologize for just coming across <laughs> you. Um, how is the program? Uh, growing and going is it is it where you'd like it to be are there community partners working with you how the hell does it get funded yeah so um yeah uh we are growing um tremendously um we we operate in a two-tier system so we host our community development events which is everything is 100 free right um so that's our tie event. That's our garage event where we teach kids how to work on cars. That's our first date event when the boys take their mom on the first date. Um, that's our dodgeball and economics event. Those are our community. Dodgeball and economics? Dude, dodgeball and economics. We, Get- ra- we, wrap, <laughs> we wrap the concept of, because I told you it has to be fun. Yeah. We wrap the concept of saving money, smart spending, um, just being smart with your money, right? Budgeting and all that stuff. We wrap the concept around dodgeball and we... You know, this is the way the kids can have fun. And then we have um, Directions Credit Union. Uh, my, my friend Luke Grapel, shout out to Luke. Uh, he comes and he, he's just wonderful with kids and he explains it in such a way that they get it. And the last one, we I brought a whole bunch of, I brought like 10 grand from Amazon, like fake money. Yeah. I pulled like it out. videos. <laughs> Dude, I pulled it out and these kids are like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we have to have that approach, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm handing out fake dollars and I'm like, you know, you do this with that, you, you know, but just making it realistic for them. Yeah. And then Luke will come in and say, actually, you know, that's not being smart with your money. You need to boom, 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 boom. And that, that's our dodgeball and economics. Event. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but. Are there balls being thrown at people? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's dodgeball, bro. <laughs> give, me, give me a quick explanation or how this works i can't give you everything oh, okay. all right but yeah there's dodgeball wrapped into it okay. we, we we got particular games and the strategy on how we you know do with the with the games but yeah it's all about finances it's all about you know um money and investing and, and stuff like that so so how do you keep everything funded i heard you mentioned directions credit union is, is a lot of uh, businesses like that that get involved do you have people writing grants because this these operations are not are not cheap and as we know everything is more expensive yes so uh we we are 100 percent privately funded um there's businesses that our residual givers um there's businesses that open up their space to us um there's businesses that offer their intellectual property like Luke coming in and just teaching our classes um, and then we did get awarded some some funding from the Sea of Toledo um, Good. that's the only federal grant type of process that we've ever done but other than that like the community has really stepped out and, and supported us there's a, a number of churches uh, Five Lakes Church there's a lot of churches are involved in our organization because um, what we're doing in these churches see that there is a need yeah. and they want to participate uh, Cornerstone Church um, Life Chapel Church there's a ton of church One whole, I, can, I can name churches for the whole segment bro <laughs> okay uh, let me reverse that question so what more are you looking for to make sure things continue to be positive and grow yeah. Um, so right now we're 100 percent volunteer led. Right. So I have a job. My whole team has a job, you know, so we work. And then after work, we work on the program um, and we're trying to get staffed. Right. Because we see the need when we're growing, but we're growing faster than what we can keep up with. Uh, we we had a, a mom try to get her son into the program for two years 
And then she finally got him in. And she's like, why is it? T-? And I said, our volunteer base isn't big enough to host as so need, many kids that apply. So we need bodies. So we need bodies. <clears throat> we need staff. Uh, we need funding to be staffed, you know, and, and all that so that we can really take this into a full-time uh, position and go. And the, the plan is to duplicate right it's the franchise and to make it in other cities i've got yeah. calls from missouri atlanta cleveland that's great just they're like you need to come and i'm just like i don't have the time you know so um let me ask you a couple of pretty direct questions uh what's the the ethnic makeup of the kids is, is it mostly black kids inner center kids or is Dude, it- i got kids from i got a kid from bratner I had kids from Sylvania. I got kids from um, Bowling Green, and that and that's what I love about it, right? Because that that was like that Whitmer High School that was for me, you know, just a makeup of all different types of cultures. Because I really believe that the contrast of different cultures, different people, uh, different ethnicities, all wrapped in together, all experiencing something positive that does something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rather than all one race, all one, you know. And I, I never want to be limited um, and limiting uh, other people from getting our services because if it's only for one specific race right to your point uh with single parent homes i yeah. uh, talked a little bit about like i think when you were growing up in the black community how your mom moved yeah. you but i think we overlook and this has been a, a theory of mine um when we were growing up we're roughly the same age 80s 90s it was normalized oh, yeah it was normalized that single parenthood yeah. it wasn't the a stigma like it was for maybe our parents yeah. and i think kids got caught up in not getting a lot of no's because yeah. mom and dad both wanted to stay on the kids' good side. Yeah. And then a lot of those kids up or became parents. And, and so it's it's across the array of colors of people. Um, yeah. And it hits some communities harder than others because not yeah. all communities have the same resources. Right. The other direct question I wanted to ask you was, have you ever lost a kid uh, with what's been going on? Have you known any of these kids that have been have lost their lives to gun violence? I have not lost uh, uh, a boy. I, I'm. We have wonderful, just tremendous, um, just crazy amount of people that support, and then the kids that that are getting support. They, we got fabulous kids. Good. Like, I couldn't be. I couldn't be more proud of the kids that we have. Um, but however, I do have um, like the one seventeen year old last mm-hmm. weekend that lost. So a couple of our boys were friends with him. You know, one of them was his best friend. And they live right down the street from. So now there's counseling that has to get involved. And there's, yeah. you know, his mom was telling me at the laser tag that, hey, he knew that kid. And we live down the street. And, you know, and I got kids that go to school that go to St. Francis with them. So it's, it's, it's close. It's really, really close. And it yeah. can really happen to, it seems like it can happen to anyone, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know his story. I don't know what he's wrapped into. Um, but it just seems like he was a good kid. No. One of the things that I, I've tried to focus in on to offer insight, how I think we can we can get this this saga away from us and move on. And granted, we're all at the mercy of you know still the tentacles of COVID and, and everything yeah. else that's come from it. Was Jesus? We got to keep the kids busy. Yeah. Um, and I thought the city did a decent job last oh, year with yeah. programming. This year, I know they added a lot more. I don't know if the kids know about it. I have heard from right. some parents, secondhand grandmothers who are, are parenting kids. They're afraid to send their kids to some of these things yeah. for the violence. Yeah. But keeping kids busy is is paramount. And I don't know if we can stop a murder that's going to happen in 36 hours, but we yeah. can keep an 8-year-old from turning into an 18-year-old yes. gang member because yeah. they're part of programs like yours. What are some of the things, like if you could wave your magic wand or things that you have thought in your head, um, no matter how crazy the idea is, how we can get this siege um uh, back to peace. <sighs> That's a loaded. Question, I know. Man. I know. I know. That's a loaded question. Um, I think. I think we said it's earlier. Like I'm. I'm huge on culture, and and I think you know everybody wants change, but a lot of people don't want to change. And yeah. I think everybody can play a part in shifting our culture from everything from the music we listen to, around our kids, around other kids, our behavior, what we do in our spare time, right? I think everyone can 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 take a part in changing the culture of Northwest Ohio by doing more positive things more often, listen to more positive music, because I truly believe the music that we listen to um, has an impact on our lives. Yeah. You know, and, and I think <clears throat> if we all um, 
contributed uh, interdependently to change our culture that in the next 5, 10, 15 years, we will have a totally different um, Toledo. I mean, I, I travel a lot and you can tell when you go to uh, Thailand, I've been to Thailand, the culture in Thailand is completely different. Sure. You go to, I live in Maumee and the culture in Maumee is completely different from the culture in Toledo. Uh, you go to Florida, you go to all these other places, their culture is different. You know, so if everyone could just get on board with ch- and shifting, I want to say changing because we, we have some great roots in Toledo, but just shifting our culture into a more positive, more inviting, more about learning and, and growing ourselves. Uh, that I think that would change a lot of the crime and all the stuff that's going on. To loop this all the way back to the very beginning, you do what you do with the program because there are kids who don't have people like that in their life. To, you know, smack you on the back of the head like when I was a kid and my parents let me have the public enemy CD and NWA, but they're like, I don't hear any of those words out of your mouth. Right. And I had like my parents, they let me know that it's music. Don't take that out. Don't take that out where you are. And so many kids who are falling victims to violence, drugs, whatever it might be, don't have that influence in their life because their grandmother doesn't want to get mixed up with the kids who might be in gangs or whatever it might be. So it's just well, and, funnel and, them towards you and other places like you. Um, yeah, and and plus um, now your public enemy CD, right? That where it just came to you. Now the information or the activity or the language that was in public enemy uh, CD that's everywhere now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. everywhere. So, and I and I and I mean this from the bottom of my heart that our kids are under attack. Because everywhere they look, there's violence, there's sex, there's drugs, there's, you know, where's the positive? Where's the light at the end of the tunnel? So it's so easy to get wrapped into these um, these crimes and these gangs and these drugs and, you know, and, that, and that activity because it's so easy. It's everywhere you see. Um, and there's a million, I don't want to say a million, but there's a lot of programs out that's doing positive work. You know, How can people get involved in yours? Uh, yeah, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, send us a message. You can go to our website at programming.org, uh, send us a message, or there should be there should be a link in there somewhere. Uh, okay. I know it's getting rebuilt, but it, there should be a link in there to connect uh, to us. Follow us on Eventbrite. That's, that way you will get a notification every time we have an event going on. Uh, so. It's July 14th as we're recording this right now. I know I missed something that you had on June 19th. So what's the next upcoming event you have? We have an event called, this is improper grammar, okay. but it's called The Streets Don't Love Nobody. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But, you know, and, and, and I don't know if you know Victor Coleman, Dr. Coleman. Sounds familiar, but I can't say I do. Okay. So, Dr. Victor <clears throat> Coleman, he's, he's from the age of seven. Um, he's been in jail probably 11 times, right? Um, and me and him spoke, and he said, I asked him, I said, what, what was it? What was that point where you just changed and said i'm tired of going to jail i have to make something out of myself he said he saw a picture of his son holding a wad of money like doing like the you know and he was like man if i do not change my son's gonna end up just like me so he went and he went back to school got his doctorate's degree um he he's big on facebook he, he has this poster or this post with all these mug shots on the side and in the middle it's him with his uh graduation attire and all that stuff so he's going to be there speaking to the young man about everything he's been through and his uh hurdles and circumstances that he overcame and that they can overcome into when's the date uh that's july 23rd uh we're at uh that's at mott branch library Okay, so that's the community affairs part of the stuff. Now we dig a little deeper. Yeah. Um, and now the language can be freer. So let me ask you this. Do you, now that I know a little bit more about you, do you get pushback from kids where you grew up or like those neighborhoods when they know you live in Maumee? No. Good. No. Uh, a lot of times I've had them out to my house. You know, um, I, what I want them to see is that you can make it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, and, and where I live is not, if you've seen the type of car I drive versus where I live, you're right. like, there's two different tax brackets. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you know what I'm saying? You drive a hoopty, but you, because I don't never want to forget where I came from. Right. Right. Like, my roots are still rooted. Doesn't matter where I live. And, and actually, I want to move out to the country, but um, it doesn't matter where I live. You know, the, you guys can do whatever you put your mind set upon, you can get it accomplished. What are some of the other things that uh, you'd like to see change, whether it's with the school or better governance? Or just again that that magic wand. 
I think here in Toledo, we, we work in silos, man. Like, everyone has their own different, and there is no, um, I, I had a meeting today. Um, actually, all this week, I've been meeting with other nonprofit leaders, and we need to become a community, like a real community, not like a, you know, oh, yeah, we live in the same. No, we need to become a community, break bread together, fellowship together. My kids attend your events. Your kids attend my events and vice versa. We need a wraparound service for these young kids. That way we all can grow. These kids can be impacted and change. We can't do that working in silos and having these four boys or five boys all the time and not exposing them to something that I can't offer them. Who are some of those places that you work with or would like to work with? Um, so uh, the Belief Center on South South, yep. South End. So uh, Tanya's like one of my, she's, she's the coolest. So I was actually there today. They have a fishing camp going on this week and next week. It's incredible. I was there like, what? I didn't even want to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like it, And it's it's in Savannah, Toledo. But you're like, you you feel like you're not. Wait, the Belief Center? The Belief Center, yes. The Belief uh, like right off the trail, right? Yep, right off. The but trail. they did something. They're doing all. They're always doing stuff, man. Oh. They're they're always they're always. Yeah, doing they are. Stuff. They are always. And, you know? and we have so many of these things. And that's one of the things that I try to do. Like, um, I always say that the old old radio version of me would never listen to what I do now, and and yeah. vice versa, yeah. because times times are different. And one of the things that I strive to do is like we were talking about with like Jaden and, and Jesse, how um, younger people are not, they're getting things to know in the wrong places. Yeah. So I want to make yeah. sure people know that, hey, the Belief Center is right in your neighborhood and they have a yeah. ton of programming going on. Went over to the East Toledo Family Center a yep. couple of weeks ago. I'm like, yep. good God, like this thing is basically yep. headquarters for this area. If yep. it doesn't work or people don't know about it, yep. like that's where I stick my nose in all these things. And I want yeah. people to know it's everybody gets stuck in their phone. And a yeah. lot of these things, unless for whatever reason, it can penetrate all that nonsense. Like you yeah. talked about all the messages. They yeah. don't know that these great things are right here in our community. Right. And then if those places don't get kids, if they don't get enough no funding. kids, then they don't get funded. Yep. And then they get shut down and everybody's like, Oh, there's nothing to do. Like, yep. bro, there's something to do. Like go out and find it. And like, we don't know how to put it in front of your face, you know, but there, there's so many things to do and we do, we do not, we cannot afford for these programs to not be open, not be operating. We need these programs to be opening because the way I see it, it's only going to get worse if we don't set foot and if we don't take advantage of the time and the place that we're in and these programs. So, um, so you checked off, uh, I, I can't tie a tie. I cannot fix any... I can't can, you change, really, can you change a tire? No, oh. no, 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 no. I, I am like, like the the guy. What you talk about, like guys, like this is what a man does. Like that, that kind of like mindset. Like I couldn't do any of that stuff. Um, I could put gas in my car. I cannot change oil. Anything I can do in my house is in the kitchen. I should be attending some of your programs. You should. You should. We actually are working on uh, programming for men. Uh, because that that isn't that isn't something that we haven't heard. We already have programming for women. Um, there's a saying that says we often search for in the branches what can only be found in the root. And a lot of times we we impact the branches, the children, and we expect the outcome to be from the from the children. But if we never get to the root, which is in our cases uh, the single mom, if we never get to the, to the root of investing in them and showing them that they're loved, respected, that they're valuable, that they're visible, and that we validate them, you know, then we can't expect the return to be in the children because we never went to the root. So we started investing in mom. Uh, we're, we started one for for the fathers. For not for the fathers, but for men, because we often get guys, I don't know how to tie a tie. Right. Know, I don't know how to. So we're starting an organization for men to get together and say, hey, it's not too late. Here's how you tie a tie. Here's how you shoot a gun. We're taking, you know, guys. Right. Do a resume. Like get a library card. Yeah. yeah. We forget. And, and that's how that's how this gap happens and the gap yep. widens. Um, yeah. Again, back yeah. to some of the things that I enjoy doing because I know you don't know who the hell I am or and that's totally fine. <laughs> I seen your yearbook though. That was incredible. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, what? This is a guy? <laughs> yeah, that was me. We're back with hair and, and Kevin was still little. But that was my high school. You, you can flip through it now and, and it makes sense. People look in all different colors. Um, yeah. I want to, to help 
change the perception of some of these things that people might know peripherally about. Yeah. Um, like I, I've gotten not close, but asked a lot of questions, did a visit with Cherry Street Mission. Because when you yeah. think of Cherry Street Mission, you think about poor homeless people. Yeah. But it's more than that. Um, yeah. It's people who might have just had a bad paycheck, a medical bill, and they were, everybody's at a tipping point in that sense. And now they're on the streets, but the Cherry Street Mission feeds them, gives them life skills. It actually says Life Revitalization Center. So I aim to change the perspective of some of these people that look down on some of these entities because with the way the world is now, you could be real close to some of that. Yeah. You want to know something crazy about Cherry Street Mission? Absolutely. My wife is VP at Cherry Street Mission. Who's your wife? (laughs) My wife is Savannah Rayford. So, she was supposed to give me a tour. She didn't give you the tour? So here's what happened. Oh, right. man, I, I'm about to... <laughs> I, so this, this is this is where we... Um, so my friend Chris Peterson yep. uh, said I was checking in with people and stuff, and she's like, have you reached out to Ann Ebert at yep. Cherish? I'm like, no, I live downtown all the time. I never got over there. I wasn't, you know, civic minded like that. Please make it happen. Um, so got connected, had coffee with Ann and is it Kelly, Kelly okay. in marketing there. We had coffee. We set it all up and did a podcast visit. Um, I was supposed to go over there for a tour because I want to see these places. I want to come yeah. see your program. I want to see the, yeah. how, how these things work. And they got COVID. I got COVID and things just stopped. Mm. Ha- and then email stopped happening. And it's uh, been radio silence from Cherry Street since then. So I'm like, maybe they'll... Uh, and it was after the podcast. And yeah. I thought it was a good visit with Anne, but maybe yeah. she hates me. But they are so... They, they, they've seen like a 150% increase yeah. of guests. And, and like they're, yep. they're huge. And actually, I think she's doing a... She's doing a WTOL interview. So your wife. You said that's your wife. That's my wife. Yeah. So she's she's vice president of engagement, I believe. Did she tell? Did you tell her you were coming to see me? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Our lives are so busy, bro. Got it. It's just like I got a meeting here, I got a meeting there, I got a meeting. I got uh, the other day, I had five meeting five meetings in one day. Well, I appreciate you, know? you taking the time to have with me because again, these are the kind of connections I, I love making. Oh, yeah. On the on the backside of Cherry Street, uh, one of my. I don't use the word friend lightly, but somebody who I am just a huge supporter of. And and I literally met her. We did a podcast. We exchanged some emails. And the other last week, I went to go visit Wendy at Connecting Kids for Meals yes. to see yes. her operation. Yep. And again, I can't say it's a friendship, but I absolutely adore her. If she said, yep. I need you to lay down in front of this truck so we can get the meals in, I'd say, I, I'll do it all day. <laughs> like, it's the operations like that yeah. that... I wish people knew more about and I want to amplify because we have so many great things happening. And to your point, if people aren't using them, the funding will be pulled. Yep. Yep. And it'll be used somewhere else and then we'll be saying, hey, what about, you know- Why are we helping people? Yep. What uh, what do you do for fun? Uh, uh, I love to eat. I'm a foodie. Uh, You could probably tell. (laughs) It's just, it's just, it's DNA at this point in our lives. Where do you, uh, give me some restaurants you like. Uh, I'm a local guy. So I I love um, Fowl and Fodder. That's one of of my favorite places. Alicia's great. Oh my goodness. It's, it's so, it's so bad with Fowl and Fodder. I was at the Old Weston Festival and I think Taylor, the manager, see me at the Old Weston Festival. She's like, hey, Tremaine, how's it going? And I was just like, uh, I'm in that place too much. You no, know? no, you're not. Uh, so, that, so that's one of my uh, go-tos. I, I like going to, um, of course, Rust Belt Coffee. Uh, it's one of my favorite places. Um, Dale's in downtown Maumee. Okay. Uh, Levi and Lilax. I've not Lil- been yet. <sighs> okay. Burgers. Oh. I've seen, and I'm glad that they're the ones opening up a new spot. Um on Conan in the what Citizens Bank spot? Oh, that's that's they're, where they're moving yeah, to. They're, no, they're not moving. Uh, I forget what the name of it is, but they're opening a fondue place, and nobody oh. here you've traveled. Nobody here knows what fondue is. Right. Like if I say yeah. melting pot, they're like America's a melting pot. I'm like, no, it's a restaurant. Chocolate. Yes. <laughs> Chocolate. How long have you lived in Miami? Uh, Fifteen years. Okay, perfect. Bro. Let me let me give you some heart of of mine. Like I've I've been I've lived here ten years now. Okay. So I've got some history. Okay. Um. I have a couple of favorite restaurants. One is one is Registry. Um, I haven't been there. Uh, it's across from Commodore Perry downtown. Okay. Great, great place. It's like five-star food, three-and-a-half-star prices. They might have gone up since I left, but I, coming from where I lived, I liked. I didn't like Divey Bar. I, the Blarney and Home yeah. Slice were not my scenes. Yeah. 
I'd go because my friends were there, but I liked a, like a, a chic, quiet kind of place. Yeah, yep, Registry was that. Um, when I told people what I was looking for, and I was like, I like I like jazz kind of spots. Yeah. And like, you have to go to Degage. Oh, my God. And it became instantly my my favorite bite-for-bite bite restaurant. Dude, Because the menu was, was incredible. Yeah. And I love jazz. I love martinis. Yep. Like, yep. I'm like, hold on a second. I can get like... Um, like pizza here, but also an incredible steak or a sandwich. You can get a ten ounce fillet, bro. Came and on wood, and they'll you... and they'll put it on. Like we'll put mac and cheese underneath it. Yes, like. And when they closed, my like, heart was broken. Yes, dude. my heart was. And I live, I live on that street. So I live on, I live on Broadway, but I live on the other side of Conant by um, St. Joe's and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I live right down the street from, and that was. You go there, great music, great yep. atmosphere. Just like, wow, why would you want to go home, bro? Like, yeah. you know, great food, great staff. It was just amazing. They always changed the menu, which was yes. good and yes. bad. Because I'm like, where's that one item? Oh, it's yep. okay. Like, it's the one restaurant we all get. We all get stuck. And yep. you as a foodie know, yep. we love our spots. And we get the same things over yep. and over again. Like yep. that was the one place I always changed because I know no matter how much That's I was good. in the mood for X, I yep. wound up loving it. Yep. Yep, and that, I was so sad when that, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait, 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 what happened to the, oh man, you know. I, I think they said it was just too much for them to run and be in that building, although the other side I could say is, that building is haunted as fuck. <laughs> Dude, I was about to say that, like, I, I've i heard that, I've heard yeah. that it was haunted. Upstairs. I heard that upstairs. it was haunted, you know, so, i never been upstairs, but I heard it was haunted. What other restaurants do you like? <sighs> Um, I love Perrysburg. Oh my! So Swig, um, what's the other ones next to Stella's? There's a Stella. I don't know. I don't know my Perrysburg, my downtown Perrysburg geography real well. Okay, there's uh, Swig. There's Stella's. There's it starts with S. I can't I can't think of it, but the the Euros over there. Is, Somebody's screaming at you right now on the radio I or know, on, I, in my earphones. You know, but it's, the food is amazing. Um, I don't get to Toledo as much as I like to, um, but when I usually do, it's like following fodder i love city barbecue they have the nashville where's city at is that up on central central okay they have a nashville chicken sandwich what is the buzz with nashville chicken sandwich like everybody's doing them now eureka chicken have you been up to monroe no but i know that they they have a they have a slept on restaurant scene because it's in a gas station, you know what I'm saying? Okay, there's that. <laughs> the gas station slash liquor store slash carry out. What, where slash, is it? It's, it's called Eureka Chicken. You go right up. It's They call it, in, Mer- in Monroe, they call it Detroit Road. Okay. Um, but it's north of the mall. Um, so you go north of the mall, and it's, a, it's literally a gas station. And you go in, and it's a restaurant inside the gas station. Incredible chicken. Interesting. They had chicken mac and cheese, chicken. You get on their their Instagram, you're just like, what, what, what? They have it's crazy. They got a peanut butter, peanut butter fried chicken, something like that. Peanut butter and jelly fried chicken. And everybody's like, what? They're like, try it. I'm okay. like, ah. I've never heard of this spot. Eureka Chicken. Look okay. it up. Look it up. It's better than Chick Fil A. Uh, I'm not Chick Fil A per. I'm not gotcha. like a fast food person in general. Gotcha. Uh, I'm a pizza person. Where, where, what's your pizza spot? Village Idiot. Oh, uh, you know, like, how <laughs> dare you? Know, <laughs> I so I, I, I have no. It's it's fine pizza. I think it's a little overrated. Just a little bit. Which pizza have you? Have you the the which one have you tried? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, my. Uh, the food editor, the a food editor of the Blade, Mary Billu. Uh, I've struck up a friendship with her. Yeah. She pops on once a month, yeah. and uh, there's like she is the sweetest woman. I could tell her that like people are killing puppies outside. She's really, no, but they they're, they're, they're really good. <laughs> when when you bring up when I bring up the village idiot and the, and the cutting of pizza in the squares, she gets a little fiery. <laughs> she gets a little fire. That's her pineapple on pizza. Yeah. But the, vill- the, the village idiot cuts it in squares. It's good pizza. It's just not yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, you don't like the squares? I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I, I'm, I'm an East Coast person, so I like my East Coast gotcha. places. So gotcha. Mama Mary's, um, Stubborn Brother, and, yeah. and Big Slice, those are my holy trinity of East yeah. Coast places. So what's your favorite pizza place here? One of those three. Yeah. And lately, um, I've been liking Salute, which is on Reynolds and Glendale. It's just this very unassuming place across from the Amazon factory. Okay. And um, 
I, I, some of their ads got serviced to me on social. I'm like, why would you open a pizza place up? And like, yeah. it was just generic looking pizza. And I'm sure it was fine, but I ordered it one night because on yeah. the apps, everybody else was closed. I'm like, yeah. well, let me do this. And I was like, damn, this is good. And it reminds me of the heyday of when you actually could not out pizza the hut. Yeah. It was yeah. that. I was like, this is pretty good. Like, I like yeah. this a lot. Yeah. One thing I wish we had, um, we, and I, I'm Jewish and I want a Jewish deli here. We have deli. We have good delis. Yeah. Sub shop, smoking olive uh, in Beverly. But just a good Jewish deli where it's two pieces of rye bread and in between is like a pound of turkey or corned beef. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. What are some places you like to travel to? Uh, well, my favorite place is Thailand. Okay. Uh, we, we went to Phuket um, in 2019. This amazing uh, snorkeling. Seen sharks, um, seen monkeys on the beach. Uh, we pet tigers. You know, we did we did it all. Me and my wife. What's um, that cost, dude? It was cheap, bro. It was cheap. So like the whole the whole vacation, like a five day vacation plus flight plus food, hotel stay, and everything was like for two people. It was like five grand. That's a lot of money for Thailand. You know how far Thailand is. I do. <laughs> so I I have friend. Uh, I, my friend that I used to work with moved over to London. We were chatting today because they showed me a, a picture. I'm like, that's not London because there's blue water. <laughs> wow. And they, they're in Spain. And they were like, look, we just want you to know. We were talking whether you're ever going to come or not. And my friend's like, he ain't never dry, going eight hours on a flight. I am I am very impatient, whether it's driving or yeah. flying. My patience works against me to do traveling like that. So yeah. my, my wanderlust is like if I go down Wikipedia rabbit holes or wind up on some Bali Instagram account. <laughs> but I'm going to walk you down to somebody before we leave because you can help them. Um, la- last thing, last, and yeah. I hope you had a good time with this. Oh, I, yeah. As you can tell, the tone changed after we wrapped yeah. up the community affair stuff. Um, what, what is your regular job? Are you a contractor or something? So my regular job, I drive a... I drive a semi for, for LTL company. So I work, um, it's paid hourly. I'm home every day. But yeah, I'm a truck driver during the day. And then while I'm truck driving at my stops, I'm doing emails, I'm setting up meetings, doing all kinds of stuff. And then when I get home, that's when I actually have the time to. Where's the it. farthest you have to go? Like, I'm, I've been there. I've been there as long as I've been in mommy. So I've been there for 15 years. So I got a lot of seniority and I just, I'm home every day. I'm, I might go down to like Lipsick, Ohio. Okay. You know, uh, I might go to Genoa or something like that, but it's not far at all. Um, what do you listen to when you're driving? Um, I, I listen to podcasts or I listen to books. Okay. I, I like to um, invest in myself, right? And, and that, to me, that's the best time to do is when you're on yeah. the road by yourself. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is my favorite book right now. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. That's yep. one of my favorite books. Um, Seven Habits of Successful People, Stephen Covey. You know, so I'm listening to that uh, music. I, I, I like, um, more like, Hip hop Christian music. Okay, I don't listen to a lot of rap music because rap isn't what it used to be. You know, wow, you sound so old. <laughs> but it's true, bro. You can't like. Of rap course, is not like, what, what do you want to do? You want to tell me the DMX was like the pinnacle of positivity? <laughs> but the DMX and Marilyn Manson, though, that's my that's one of my favorite. Songs. I don't know that one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. D- DMX and Marilyn Manson did a song together. On um, the what album was that? I promised myself there were certain areas in, in pop culture, like music and TV. I was never going to go back in my day. <laughs> well, to me, I'm not, I say I'm old, but I'm not, I'm not old. It's just certain things when I, when I started listening to the music and, and it starts being repetitive on talking about women and, and money and just, that's not the life that, that I see value in. So sure. I see value in a different in a different life, and we're a lot alike. Yeah, and I just want to invest in myself. Yeah, me to... too. Um, I uh, I I would do more reading. Um, every now and then I'll stumble across something, but it's it's all the two things I read are nonfiction, like that yeah. type of stuff, psychology yeah. things, yep. um, or I'm reading my comic book stuff. Yeah. 
Awesome. Um, there's no, there's no, I'm not reading novels. I'm not reading yeah. like true crime or anything yeah. like that. It's, it's yeah. those kinds of, like I, I'll, I have a great Dale Carnegie story. When I was a little boy, uh, my dad wanted me to read that book cause I was introverted and shy yeah. and it yeah. was like, read this or go to the Cub Scouts. I'm like, how about, <laughs> I'm like, how about neither? Um, and then I, I was like 22 years old or something and I don't know why, but I picked up that book and I don't know if I still have the hard copy, but if the highlights were yellow. They're now a different shade of yellow <laughs> because I went through that book They're and tan. I remembered so many things. Yep. And I was like, Dad, why did you make me read this? Right. And then typical right. dad thing. I told you. Right. Right. It's so it's so much richness in that book. Right. And and that book, I have uh, I have several mentors, but that book got offered to me by three different people, and then one person bought a copy for me and everybody on my team. She's like, you guys need to read this, you know. And I'm just like, and then I went home and found out that I already had a copy. So I was like, yeah, I'm getting into this book, you know. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, was there one more thing? Oh, just I want to tell you, uh, there's a there's a guy I know. I think he used to listen to uh, one of my morning shows or my podcast. He lives in Flint. He drives a truck. And somehow coming up and down 75 here, he found me and the stuff we were doing. And now we're, we're good internet buddies. Hey, he's a nice. truck driver too. I don't yeah. know if he drives for... I don't know if truck drivers know each other. You wave whatever it is, but no. Well, since they created all these laws with CBs and CB radios and stuff like that, it's hard to communicate between trucker and truckers. So it'll be crazy if I said uh, Chuck Overton from Flint. Be like, of course I know Just Chuck. Like, who Everybody, doesn't know Chuck? Who doesn't know Chuck? Chuck? That's my buddy. You know, you know. I wish it was like that. You know, I, I would love to meet him one day. Uh, I, I was up by Flint for my birthday. Went up to Torch Lake. Um, well, it wasn't a lake when we went up there. It was it was, it was snow covered and all right. that stuff, and we went skiing and, and snow. Is Torch around Flint or much north, farther north? North of Flint, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. I've, yep. it, it, look at the pictures of Torch Lake. It is yeah. like looking at the Caribbean Dude. in Michigan. It's it's literally yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy, and we have all these spaces here in America that most people don't even. You know, and there's a lot of Americans or Toledoans that have never really left Toledo. Of all the places I've lived, and I know there are a lot of people that think people grow up here and then they leave. It is a very small amount of people from compared to places from where I've been. I, yeah. Of all the places I've lived, which are home, Philadelphia, Detroit, Orlando, Saginaw, Monroe, Toledo, back home, Allentown, back to Detroit, here, uh, this is a place where I found that, and look, people here are extremely nice. Yeah. Um, I enjoy, this is my home now, but for the most part, of all the places I live, people have the narrowest perspective of what's where they are and what's beyond that yeah. than here. I today I was just reading. Um, I sit on the Toledo Reddit page every now and then, and somebody oh, okay. decided to say, "What's up with Toledo drivers? They are the I, I drive in Chicago all the time, and these people here can't drive." And I was like, "No, no, no, that's not true at all." Right. I should. He said, uh, "What's wrong with Toledo drivers? Just take the Toledo part out of that. What's wrong with drivers? Like people are bad drivers everywhere. <laughs> everywhere." Yeah. Uh, or yeah. anytime I see an only in Toledo thing, uh, I go nuclear. I'm like, no, yeah. actually in like 70 other eight, 78 other cities in the country. That usually comes from people who only been to Toledo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks for the time. I, this is great. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure.